Hey, what's up, guys? Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're going to be continuing on with our Who Are They series, this time finishing up the NFC East with the Washington Commanders. Let's get right on into it. <laughs> So in case you're new here, what we do is I go over each and every team position by position and break down the roster. From there, I ask questions about what I want to see throughout the season while I'm watching the teams play and how I think it will might play out. At the very end, I give a little like pessimistic and optimistic overview, look at their projected win total, whether I think I'll be over or under that, and then give the team's biggest strength and weakness. And as I said in the intro, today we're doing the Washington Commanders. So first up, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. They got Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell, and Cole Kelly. So Carson Wentz is going to be really interesting to watch this year. His highs are about as high as any quarterback in the league. He was almost an MVP a couple years ago in Philadelphia. But man, are his lows low. Uh, his supporting cast is probably the best since his Super Bowl season. And his O-line is no slouch either either and last year he didn't look that bad until that hurricane game against san francisco however after that he struggled more than ever and having some all right games between then and the finale but that final game collapse was pretty gross it's also concerning how the colts have talked about him and his leadership style after leaving so can he prove that he just wasn't a fit for whatever with or for whatever reason with um indianapolis and prove that he can still be an elite quarterback here in Washington, or is this just who he is, bouncing, bouncing around? Um, we'll give you some high-end play, but also some pretty bad low-end play. And then Taylor Heineke is a pretty solid backup. He can come in, win some games, as we all saw in the playoffs two years ago, but he didn't have, last year, the same amount of great plays to offset his poor ones, so he's probably best suited as a backup. And then Sam Howell is super intriguing for a fifth-round pick. Um, many in the media saw him as a first-round pick and were surprised when he just kept slipping and slipping. Um, I definitely think there's a shot that down the line, Sam Howell would be the franchise quarterback of the Commanders. It's just how long does it take him to get in sync with this team and NFL ready? Um, so we'll see. I, I don't think he'll really see the field much this season. He'll just probably going to be the quarterback three on this team. And then Cole Kelly is a UDFA out of southeastern Louisiana. We'll see if he can even make the practice squad here. So for running backs, they have Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Brian Robinson Jr., and Jarrett Patterson. So Gibson looks to be like one of the better young backs in the league, and he's got a chance to build upon his success from last season. We'll see if he can be able to do that. Um, it's good for them to get J.D. back. He's one of the best third down slash receiving backs in the league. And kind of funny, if you didn't see what happened this offseason, he signed a contract or he said he was going to sign a contract with the Bills. And then Washington was like, wait, you're only signing for like seven million a year. We'll give you that. And so it was like, OK, I'll go back to Washington. Um, so it's good that he's also like bought in the culture here and wants to play for them. Um, Robinson is a rookie out of Alabama, and he brings a power element to this room that none of the other backs really bring. So that's kind of nice to have as like a compliment. Um, look for him to be like a goal line short yardage back in his rookie season and then maybe down the line he can start being more full-time back and then Patterson is a 
smaller scat back who went undrafted last year and probably is going to be JD's backup. So we'll see if he can take advantage of the limited touches he'll get. And then Alex Armour is their um, fullback. And he played about nine games last year for New Orleans and took only two um, or three snaps in two games last year with the Washington football team, as they were known. Um, we'll see if he's really used it all this season, but it doesn't seem like they really want to use a fullback. They just have him just in case. And then wide receivers. They got Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Diami Brown, Cam Sims, Dax Milne, Alex Erickson, Antonio Candy Golden, Kelvin Harmon, Markin Mitchell, Kyrie McGowan, and Kez Ezard. Definitely excited for when, towards the end of the series, a lot of these practice squad players might not be here. So, it's like for them that they're going to be on a roster, but a lot of these guys are like, okay, like we can tell some of these bottom roster guys aren't really going to be making it. Um, but at the top, Terry McLaurin, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he's going to be playing with the best quarterback in his career. Um, maybe you can argue Smith because Smith's more consistent, but doesn't have the high end of Wentz. And McLaurin's also going to be playing on a contract year, so there's that extra motivation for him. Um, also, with a first-round receiver opposite of him and Curtis Samuel coming back healthy, I could see him absolutely exploding this season. Like, wait and see, but he's already like looked at as one of the best receivers, and he hasn't really had much help around him offensively. And so imagine when he does, you know? And how does Dotson look as a rookie, though? Bit of a smaller receiver who will likely be asked to play outside a lot here. Um, just with Curtis Samuel also here, he's... I see him more as a slot, but maybe they see Curtis Samuel more as an outside receiver. He's played both in his career. Um, does Dotson fill in nicely to the C role opposite of uh, McLaurin? I feel like he could pre be pretty nice fit there, and obviously it doesn't need to be relied upon because there's other veterans around him. And then Samuel's a versatile weapon who can also get some backfield snaps too. As I said, he's played outside inside his, in his career. And I see him as a slot as someone who Carson Wentz can just get the ball too fast and let him work in space. Um, he barely played last year while dealing with injury, but before that he was on an upward trajectory in Carolina. So can he continue bounce back to form and continue improving here in Washington? Let's wait and see. Um, Diami Brown was kind of like a sleeper rookie for a lot of people last year, but he didn't really produce much despite being on a weaker receiving core with Samuel getting injured ahead of him too. Um, Samuel and healthy, well, yeah, with Samuel healthy now and Dotson coming in the first round, his role will likely be limited. But it's kind of noteworthy that him and Sam Howell were teammates, and that's what helped Diami Brown get drafted in the third round last year. Um, will their connection help make practices better and help elevate each other's game? Wait and see on that too. And then Cam Sam's is good depth. Um, Proven he can start, but not really like the highest upside guy. Dax Milne's a nice depth piece. He worked really well with BYU, um, at BYU with Zach Wilson, number two overall pick last year, as a jump ball receiver. But he has to prove that he wasn't just a product of an elite college quarterback. And then Alex Erickson, Erickson, Alex Erickson is a solid slot, and Andy Gandy Golden has a lot of hype coming out, but. That was a few years ago, and he's kind of now on an uphill battle to even make a roster spot. Then we'll see if anyone else on this roster can stick around and make any noise. So for tight ends, they got 
Logan Thomas, uh, John Bates, Cole Turner, Sammy Reyes, and Armani Rogers. Um, after a breakout campaign in 2020, Thomas missed time with a hamstring strain and ACL tear eventually in 2021. Uh, can the former quarterback bounce back to being one of the best league or one of the league's better tight ends in this season? And will he even be ready to go by week one? Because he tore kind of later in the season. Um, ACL tears are becoming a lot faster to recover from, but he is getting up there in age around 31. So it's like, is he going to be able to bounce back and produce at a high level again? I'll be a wait and see. Um, Bates, he played pretty decently for a six-round rookie last year. But that being said, that's because it typically takes tight ends a while to get used to the speed of the league or something it just there's a steeper learning curve at that position than a lot of other ones like them and linebacker um so maybe in year two he can actually take a pretty serious step, step forwards um he played a lot of snaps as a slot versus inline too so he could be a well fit in two tight end personnel groupings and then Turner was a fifth-round pick out of Nevada this year, played a lot more slot and wideout snaps than he did in line, so he's probably going to be more like Bates' backup. And I don't know much about um, Reyes. He's a second-year undrafted free agent out of Tulane. But then definitely also keep an eye on Arm- Armani Rogers. He was um, UNLV's and Ohio's quarterback. Um, and during this draft process, he took his first tight end snaps at the Shrine Bowl, and he didn't look like completely lost or bad at route running. Like, he'd only played quarterback, and now he's like, oh, I'm not going to get drafted as a quarterback. Let's try being a tight end. Still didn't get drafted, but now he's going, and he's going to learn behind Logan Thomas, who made the exact same transition as an undrafted quarterback. So that'll be really interesting to see if Washington can get the most out of Amani Rodgers, the same they have with Logan Thomas. So along their offensive line, they have Charles Leno Jr., Andrew Norwell, Chase Rollier, Wes Schweitzer, and Sam Cosme as the predicted starters right now, with um, Sadiq Charles and Cornelius Lucas backing up at tackles. Bo Ben Schwazel, Lowen Laff- Nolan Laffenberg, <laughs> Tyrese Robinson, Trey Turner, Chris Paul, and Shaq Calhoun backing up at guards, and then Tyler Larson, Keith Ishmael, and John Toth as backup centers. So Leno has been a really solid time or solid tackle throughout his time at Chicago and then was surprisingly cut last year. The Panthers took advantage of this and snagged him up and he continued to be like a top 20-ish tackle in the league, maybe even higher. Um, Shitty Charles has filled in and played nicely at, in a few starts at tackle and guard. So a solid backup to have in case of injuries can just plug and play, fill some holes. Um, Normal is definitely a solid guard, but he never fil- lived up to his... Um, Carolina days in Jacksonville so can he get back to that kind of higher level now surrounded by better talent than he ever had in Jacksonville Um, Ben Schwazel, Laffenberg and Robinson are all undrafted free agents from various years we'll see if any of them can make this roster there are plenty of depth around that can play guard and tackle on this roster already Um, Rollier was in the midst of a true breakout season last year um, after a couple solid seasons before that, but then he fractured his fibula week eight. So can he build off his 2021 campaign and potentially start being talked about as one of these elite centers? Be excited to see that. Um, Larson filled in a couple games for Rollier, but also struggled with injuries. When he did play, though, he was pretty solid as a 
um, backup, so that's pretty good depth to have on the roster. Ishmael was also one of the many starting centers that took snaps for Washington last year. Um, the starting experience is nice, but he wasn't definitely a high-end starter at all. Still good depth to have, though, someone who has experience. And if he doesn't make a roster, he definitely, I think, would make a different roster here. And then we'll see if Toth can even make the roster, though. Second year, undrafted free agent. There's a lot of competition ahead of him, so it would be a pretty tough ask for him. Um, Schwitzer has been kind of like a Swiss Army knife for Washington, filling in at all three of the interior offensive line spots when needed, depending on injury or just weakness on the roster. And he definitely has a chance now to be the starting right guard for this season, but has to fight all the solid depth that will be competing for the spot. Um, some of that depth includes Trey Turner, who's had a pretty weird career. He looked like one of the top guards in the league during his five seasons in Carolina. And then in year six, so something happened and he just started to fall off, got traded um, straight up for Russell Okun and went to the Chargers and just looked absolutely horrendous there. And after being cut, he went to Pittsburgh, had a bit of a resurgence, like as in he looked average at best and not like completely trash. And now he's got a chance to start along this offensive line for Washington, but wouldn't be surprised if he was just a backup. We'll see if he can take advantage of that. Um, Paul is a seventh-round rookie who's going to have to fight to make the roster, but he's a plus athlete who just needs a lot of refinement on his game. So he probably will just be depth for a while, but if they can unlock his physical tools, then he'll definitely be a solid starter for them. And then Calhoun seems like a depth piece, so it's unlikely to make the roster, if I'm being honest. Um, Cosme played pretty well, well for a rookie, but he did miss eight weeks due to ankle and hip injuries. Hopefully he's helped for a year or two, and he can show some growth and be one of the best tackles from last year's class. And then Lucas is one of the best swing tackles in the league, and will probably start for a handful of teams. Um, great to have in case of injuries or a soft sophomore slump from Cosme or if there's like age regression from Leno like anything like that um, just a very solid backup piece to have alright so now we're moving on to the interior defensive line where we have Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne, Fedarian Mathis, David Bata and Tyler Clark so Allen is one of the league's best interior rushers having a breakout campaign in 2021 posting a 67 pressure 10 sack season which is great from the interior uh, look for him to continue his dominance along the inside this season. Payne is like a kind of like a light version of Allen. He's was drafted a year later than him out of Alabama at the same school. Um, also a first round pick, so just kind of funny how similar they are. He had a career high forty seven pressures last season to go along with five sacks, so that's a pretty solid campaign for him. In a contract year now, and with his replacement likely just being drafted in the second round out of Alabama, <laughs> funny. Um, how does he perform this season as kind of like an audition to be either A, be kept around, which is kind of unlikely now looking at it, or B, like, hey, in free agency, I could get the bag. Let's play as well as I can and get that, you know? And then Mathis, right now, he looks like he's a lot more of a run-first defensive tackle than the two above him. So he'll likely see snaps more on early downs and obvious run situations. Um, I thought it was a bit high to draft him here with especially with having Allen and Payne already on the roster but it, it feels kind of clear that the team's eyeing the future with this pick and he's likely to start down the line once Payne leaves then Pada and Clark hasn't seen the field since both being undrafted in 2020 
but they could get in the rotation here definitely now with some of the depth um, that used to be ahead of them now gone. And then uh, for edge defenders, they have Chase Young, Montez Sweat, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, Daniel Wise, Shakatoni, Bumni Rotimi, and F.A.O. Bada. So Chase Young definitely disappointed in year two, even before he tore his ACL, which obviously sucks. However, he still has all the talent in the world, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the best in the league next season, especially with all the talent surrounding him now on this defensive line, or still on this defensive line. Wouldn't be surprised if he had at least like 50 pressures or at least 10 sacks, something around there. Um, Sweat, he's struggled last year with injuries and COVID, but the first round pick um, from a couple years ago with crazy athleticism has been making a pretty solid impact on this roster um, already one of the better run defending edges in the league it wouldn't be surprised me if something soon clicked in him pass rushing wise and he became like one of the league's best all-around number two edge rushers James Smith Williams was a seventh round pick three years ago and has started a few games last year due to injuries above him but he's much more of a run defending edge but that's not completely terrible to have as your number three guy. And then Tuhill was also a seventh round pick for that draft, but for the Eagles though. And he was asked to start a lot of last games or a lot of games last year too, but he hasn't shown much to believe he's anything more than a rotational depth piece. And then no one else on this roster has proven that they're anything more than a depth piece that you don't really want to be seeing the field too much. Um, this edge group is very top heavy and with Young and Sweat's injury history, that definitely is a serious reason for concern. So for linebackers, they have Jameen Davis, Cole Holcomb, David Mayo, Kalecki Hudson, Dejon Harrison, or Dejon Harris, sorry, um, Milo Eifler, Drew Walker, and or Drew White and Trey Walker. So like most linebackers, Jameen Davis struggled in his rookie season. He was going to need to take big step forwards here in year two. However, there was a reason he was drafted so highly. He has all the physical talent and needed to play the position. He just needs to learn the speed of the game so he can react quicker in coverage and against the run. Uh, Cole Holcomb, like the like Sam Howell and Diami Brown, is also a former Tar Heel, lots of them on the roster. Um, and he has been a pretty big difference maker on this roster. Last year was his first time as like a full-time starter and he was solid, but definitely needs to be better against the run than the pass. Or definitely is better against the run than the pass. If him and Davis can both take step forward, this could be a pretty nice looking duo. Uh, but for now, there's like a lot of what if between them. And then David Mayo hasn't been completely bad running out there versus the run. But so far, he has been picked apart against coverage. So you'll likely only see rundowns and subbed out in nickel and obvious passing situations. Hudson is another one of these converted safeties that we've been seeing coming into the league a lot, coming out of Michigan. We'll see if he's able to make any noise in year three or if he's just going to be the backup weak side linebacker slash linebacker. Dejon Harris hasn't gotten many snaps, and he hasn't impressed anyone she's gotten since being undrafted out of 2020. And then Eifler, White, and Walker are all either first or second year undrafted free agents who haven't even taken NFL snaps. Um, this group is really thin and doesn't have any veteran presence other than Mayo, so that's kind of concerning, like, just because of injuries and then just leadership in the room. 
So with cornerbacks, they have William Jackson III, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Just, Danny Johnson, Troy Apke, Corn Elder, Christian Holmes, and Josh Drayden. Yeah, after looking great with it, the Bengals in 2017 as a rookie, Jackson hasn't really been able to follow up that hype. Um, after giving up five touchdowns and a passer rating over 95 in his first year in Washington, can he regain his form with hopefully a healthy pass rush in front of him to help him out? Um, Fuller has mostly played outside corner for Washington, but in his two years that he spent in Kansas City, he actually played a lot of slot there. And with not many solid slot options here and some competent outside corners, will Fuller see more time in the slot this season? Wherever he plays, though, he's been one of the better cornerbacks in the league so far, and I expect that to continue forward. Um, a concussion cut St. Juice's rookie season short, but the third rounder wasn't looking too hot for fourth in any ways. Will he still start um, and see significant snaps on as an outside corner this season? Or is he going to just stay as a backup and Fuller will stay outside and choose to be like riding the bench for most of the season? And then Johnson, Apke, and Elder are all slot options in case the Commanders keep Fuller on the outside, with Johnson providing some inside-outside flexibility despite only being 5'9". Um, Apke is a former safety, and then Elder is has been a primary slot corner throughout the career, so there's kind of three different flavors of them there. And then we'll see if Holmes and Drayden can make their roster as 7th round pick and undrafted free agent in this class. All right. So for safeties, they have Cameron Curl, Bobby McCain, Jeremy Reeves, Percy Butler, Ford Gardner, Derek Forrest, and Will Adams. So Cameron Curl has been one of the best 7th round picks in the past few drafts for sure, if not the best. He's been solid, uh, consistent starter for Washington. In year 3, can he become kind of more than that? Or is he still just going to be a good starter who you aren't worried about as a defensive coordinator? but you're not necessarily worried about as an offensive coordinator. McCain was a pretty good complimentary free safety to curl this past season. Can he repeat this, or is he going to take a step forwards, continue developing here in Washington, or take another step backwards and look back more like he did in Miami? Um, Reeves is going to, or is pretty good depth with some starting experience, but he probably should remain a depth player for now, especially with the two in front of him. Um, Butler is a fourth round pick who is more of a deep safety type so he should be able to push McCain for his job especially if he's struggling and then funnily enough Washington also picked up Butler's teammate Gardner as an undrafted free agent he'll compete with fellow undrafted free agent um, Will Adams and second year fifth round pick Derek Forrest and for the special teams unit they have Joey Sly and Brian Johnson competing at kicker Tress Way at punter, and Cameron Cheeseman at long snapper. Um, Washington was actually the Sly's third team last season, but there he went 9 for 10 on extra points with the one block or the one miss being blocked and 12 for 12 on field goals, including three from 40 plus and one of those being from 50 plus. Johnson appeared in three games when Sly was out with a hamstring injury and he went 4 for 5 there in extra points and 2 for 2 for field goals. So it seems kind of like it's Sly's job to lose, but there will be at least a competition with two kickers on the roster. Uh, Way has been one of the better punters since his rookie season. Um, that was back in 2014, and Cheeseman 
he just has a great name, man. Um, and he was drafted, which is kind of crazy for a long snapper. You don't see that often, but he's going into a second season here. So now I'm going to do my little season projection. Um, I talked first about pessimistic and then optimistic overview of the season. And I pretty much talk about everything that can go wrong and everything that can go right. If everything goes wrong, this team's going like 0-17. If everything goes right, this team's going like 17-0, and you know? So these, um, my prediction on the record is kind of just like, okay, this is the four. This is how some, like, I don't see them losing more than four games. I don't see them winning more than nine games, you know? And at the end of this series i'm going to do a full season projection for all 32 teams and that's where i'll make my final um record predictions but for now yeah i see their floor as being a 4 and 13 teams um, some things that can go wrong is carson wentz he could continue to implode and they'll either keep him starting and imploding or heineke comes in and doesn't look any better the running back room is fine but they can't carry the offense themselves you know and Terry is the only receiver worth covering this season. And Logan Thomas can't bounce back after his injury riddled 2021. I think this offensive line will be average at worst, at worst if it's healthy, but it could also struggle with health. Um, this interior defensive line, it could definitely get gassed, especially if Mathis can't get up to speed fast. And the edge group, they can either stay injury riddled or even if they aren't, injured they could just fail to take this step forwards and be this hyped up edge duo that we're all projecting um these linebackers they could stay stagnant in their growth and while, while being decent against their run they're going to just get gashed against the pass and william jackson he continues to have this weird career arc and keeps getting worse while getting older and will fuller or not Will Fuller, um, Kendall Fuller is just an average corner, whether it's outside or in the slot, and then the other guy who they're putting out there is just not cutting it too. Um, Cam Curl, he remains a good box safety, which isn't a bad thing, but that definitely isn't a needle mover, and McCain looks like he did in Miami, which is not the worst safety in the world, but definitely not the best, you know? Something that can, that can go right, though, and lead to this 9-8 and eight record that I'm saying is their ceiling is Carson Wentz returning to form, or at least, like, mostly. I don't think he can ever return to his MVP form, but he can at least get better and take advantage of a good unit around him. Um, these running backs, they stay healthy, and they all play a role together well in the committee and bounce off each other. Um, Terry looks better than ever with the best QB play he's received. And all the receiving help around him with Dotson hitting the ground running and Samuel being a versatile weapon for this team. Um, the O-line performs well. No true superstar, but also no weak link, which is good. Um, the interior defensive line remains a great passing, pass rushing unit. And Fidarian Mathis helps them beef up against the run. Young and Sweat stay healthy all season and are a fantastic one-two punch living up to their draft capital. And Jameen Davis starts to show why he was a first-round pick and take advantage of his athleticism to become one of the better young linebackers in the league. And Holcomb continues a steady upward trajectory. Um, Jackson, he returned, maybe not completely to rookie form, but at least to, like, being one of the better cornerbacks. And um, Fuller, he plays nice, whether it's in the slot or outside, and the other cornerback who they decide to put out there will also be not a liability. 
Um, Curl becomes one of the better box safeties in the league, and his role expands a tiny bit to just take advantage of his skill set. And McCain continues to look like a solid pickup at free safety. So the over-under for this team is set right now at a 7.5 from what I checked. Um, I feel like this bet is similar to Philadelphia, where it's mostly a what version of this quarterback are you going to get. However, I'm honestly a lot less confident in Wentz than I am in Hurts. Uh, to be honest, though, Wentz wasn't even that terrible that year, that this last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if like you think, oh, like now with a better supporting cast arguably around him, better receivers at least, maybe not better offensive line, definitely not better running backs. But maybe if you think he can take that step forward, I would bet the over. But it just... What Wentz seems to lack is his leadership. So I kind of feel like maybe even if this team starts hot, they're just going to fall apart by the end of the season. And we'll see, of course, like anything can happen. But if I had to make a choice here, I would go the under. But it is like definitely I could see either happening. Um, The biggest strength, if I could guarantee health, I would say this defensive line, they have great edge duo, but there's definitely no depth behind them and a great interior duo with only like a second round pick behind them and then nothing after that really. Um, so I'm, def- I'm going to say that their biggest strength is going to be their offensive line. While I don't see any of these guys as like elite superstars, I don't see any of them as liabilities. And that's a huge plus if you don't have to worry about a single offensive lineman any week. Um, it allows them to do what they want, and not a lot of teams really have that luxury. And the biggest weakness on this roster is quarterback. Um, if this team had a good quarterback, it would be absolutely nasty. And Carson Wentz has the potential to be that, but he hasn't been consistent enough for me not to say this is at least like the biggest concern and a question mark. Um, the only other thing I could really think of was depth positions along the defensive um just defense all around like they don't really have good depth like if their starters go down and they have to go to the backups that's gonna be a bit of a struggle but that's also projecting injury and stuff and so i'm like okay if i'm just looking at this roster and all our starters right now i would definitely say quarterback and that's a bigger red flag for me all right guys so that's gonna do it for today's episode if you liked it leave a like comment subscribe on youtube um leave a review on apple podcast um, google spotify wherever you're listening to this and uh, follow me on twitter at fpf underscore podcast and i'll see you guys all around